Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast, a ministry of Emmaus Bible College. Each episode is taken from a chapel message given here at Emmaus. For more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. Well, good morning to all. I'm happy to have this opportunity again to speak to you on the theme of following Jesus. The passage that was read to you is uh, one that I particularly like. I try not to say I have any favorite passages in the Bible, but I particularly like this and I have uh, preached on it. Um, But this morning, it is not going to be an exposition of that passage, uh, but you will see how it connects. When uh, we began the series, um, we spoke out of 1 Peter, Peter about who was the character in the uh, dialogue uh, that was read to you. Peter exhorts us to follow Jesus. Christ Jesus has given us an example that we should follow in his steps. And the way we follow him uh, in his steps is by not committing sin, not having deceit in our words, actually dying to sin and living for righteousness. That's in 1 Peter 2. We considered Ephesians chapter 5, which exhorts us to be imitators of God as beloved children and to walk in love just as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us as an offering to God of a sweet savor. This morning, I am going to give you sort of a a biographical encouragement to follow Jesus based on the life of the Apostle Peter. In Peter, we encounter really someone we can relate to. He is a loving heart. He is a passionate man. Also beset, like all of us, with frailties, with weaknesses. Weaknesses that he himself wasn't aware of. And we'll find how responding to the call of the Lord Jesus to follow, this man is transformed, transformed by the love of the Lord. In many ways, your encounter with Jesus is, at least in in ways, similar to that of Peter. Uh, Peter was brought to the Lord by his brother, Andrew. Uh, This is in John's Gospel, chapter 1. Andrew, having been introduced through the words of John the baptizer, that this is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, sin of the world, and that's the Messiah. He follows him, and he finds Peter. He says, come. He says, I have found the Christ. Come meet him. And so you all, at some stage in your life, I hope, received an invitation to come to Christ, to recognize that he is your Savior the one who is the sacrifice for your sins, who died for you, rose again, ascended to God, and has given us a promise that he will come again. And so Peter is brought to the Lord by Andrew. And Jesus looks at him and says, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, Kepha, Aramaic, which is translated Peter, 
which means rock. Petros is a name, a form of the Greek word for rock, and same Aramaic kepha. When I read this, I wonder if the Lord had a sense of humor. Because Peter, as we see him in the Gospels, is anything but rock. There's, in fact, an interesting parallel in the book of Judges when God calls the angel of the Lord, messenger of the Lord, appears to Gideon, uh, calls him, the Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. And the mighty man of valor is hiding from uh, enemies and threshing his wheat in a wine press. So this was the mighty man of valor. So there and here we might wonder if God has a sense of humor or irony or it is, if it is in fact a promise. You are hardly rock, Peter, <laughs> but you wait and see what I'm going to turn you into. In many ways, we can relate to this man, Peter, because we ourselves are not really rock stuff. You have to come to terms with yourself through the challenges of life to recognize this sometimes, but I have the Lord in my Christian journey brought me through experiences which showed me that contrary to my thought, I was really not much better than anyone else. That but for the grace of God, there go I, could be applied to me in a very real way. This is part of, part of our self-realization. Our self-realization as beset with sin. And in ourselves, being incapable of what it takes to be strong, to be right, to be righteous, to pursue things perfectly to meet the standards of God. And there's a testimony to this in the life of Peter. Um, this is actually the first, um, in early in the ministry, the Lord Jesus is walking along the uh, shores of the Lake of Galilee, and there's a fisherman uh, uh, group consisting of Simon Peter, uh, and Andrew, two brothers, and John and James, the sons of Zebedee, and they are fishermen. And in this particular situation, the Lord comes to them after a miserable day of fishing where they caught nothing. And he comes to them, gets into the boat to teach, and then tells them, well, why don't you push out a little bit and cast your net? And the seasoned fisherman, Peter, says, um, Lord, I am the fisherman. You, after all, are a builder, carpenter, right? I, I am the guy who knows fish. We have tried all night. There's no fish to catch. But at your word, he says, at your word, I'll do it. And he does it. And it's a surprise. The, fish, the, the nets were so full of fish that the boat could sink if they haul it in. And they were amazed. And the response to this is seen at the foot of that slide. Peter says, go away from me, Lord. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. I have met people who are, say, in the church settings. I remember very distinctly once in a camp for young people, high schoolers or post-high school. There was a young fellow there who was going through a great turmoil and his conclusion was, these people around me, they're all too good. 
They're too good. I'm not good enough to keep this company. And I don't know if some of you feel, seeing very committed, correctly behaving peers of yours here in the MAS crowd, you feel, I don't quite fit. Not quite good, not good enough. I don't know what the Lord is able to do with me. I don't seem to be as gifted. I don't seem to be as knowledgeable. I don't have it all together. I'm still struggling with many things, sinful things, not so sinful things. And you consider yourself, maybe the response is, maybe, Lord Jesus, just go away from me. I don't belong with you. And the Lord would like to disabuse you of this sense of worthlessness because it's he who is calling you. And so rather than depart, the Lord did not listen to Peter on this occasion. Rather than depart, he drew him to himself. And that's what the Lord desires to do with you today. You have a call. If you are here at Emmaus Bible College, if you have responded to the call of the gospel, the Lord has called you. And it's not just a call to say, come, I will take you to heaven. It is a call to say, come, walk with me, follow me, learn from me, be changed by me. This is the call that you have. And if Peter felt I'm a sinful man, Lord. I'm not worthy to follow you. And the Lord did not allow him to stay away with the same love he is calling you today. Don't give up. Trust me. Follow me. Come after me. The Lord calls you although you think you are not worthy. It's the first stage in the life of Peter. He followed. He left his net and followed. He said, from now on, Peter, I'll make you catch people, not fish. His word was enough. And so today, you also should trust the Lord that no matter what the difficulties and challenges and shortfalls and uh, where you find yourself not quite up to standard, it is something that the Lord is entirely able to address. Follow him. Jesus calls you, although you think you are not worthy. The next <clears throat> event we'll see in the life of um, or that I want to, not what you will see, what I want to bring before you is the disciples on the boat, on the stormy sea. Um, actually, <clears throat> it's uh, early, <clears throat> very early in the morning, um, past midnight, the Lord comes to them walking on the water. So it's not a storm incident, but they are crossing the lake, and the Lord somehow chooses to walk on the water. I'm, I'm always um, still kind of mystified with this particular incident in the Gospels. Why is it there? And I think it is there as a metaphor about trusting God in the uh, impossibilities of life. <clears throat> Jesus comes walking to them on the water while they were being battered by the sea, as there was a little bit of problem. And the Lord then He's coming to them, and uh, maybe he's inviting them to come to him. Um, Dr. Henning has an interesting thought on this. But Peter, out of the boat, cries to the Lord and saying, Lord, uh, command me to come to you. 
And Jesus calls you to follow in spite of what you consider possible and not possible. So Peter says, Lord, command me to come to you. And the Lord says, come, come. Say, who do you think you are, Peter? I am the son of God, your Lord walking on the water. What do you think you can walk on water? He says, no, come. It is, it, it is a clear impossibility. No one walks on water. And since then, no one has walked on water. Many have tried. And he says, come. And Peter steps out. Peter steps out, but my slide is not moving. There. So he says, command me to come to you. And he goes out. And as he goes along, and you know the text, he looked at the waves, just, what am I doing? And he began to sink. But while he is sinking, he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus does. He reaches out, pulls him out of the waters. Jesus calls you to follow him and to learn to trust him. I have many more things to say. I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. One of the things that we, I find about Peter is that, you know, the man, his, he is very sincere. He is very committed. He had good understanding, and we get a couple lessons of this. So as he is following the Lord Jesus, he, continue, he, he, he considers him, appreciates him, uh, recognize that this is truly the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior. So um, we should follow the example and experience of Peter in appreciating who Christ is. Um, the Lord Jesus in Matthew 16 uh, asked the disciples, um, who do people say that I am? And the one who gives the answer, so they say this and that, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And the Lord responds with, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Later on, following the, the feeding, uh, on a different occasion, following the feeding of the 5,000 and the bread of uh, life discourse in John chapter 6, it says many disciples found Jesus' statements to be very difficult, that he was life, that he is the bread of life. And they stop following him. And Jesus turns to the disciples and says, you guys want to leave too? And Peter says, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Today, as you are at Emmaus Bible College, do you have this sense of the impossibility of not following Christ? Because there's nothing else to go to. Believe me, I have looked. There's nothing else about truth, about God, that is believable out there. There's no other example in history who presents to us the character and the perfection and the power and the historical testimony of truth that I have in Jesus Christ. To whom shall we go? And I appreciate the sincerity and the conviction of Peter and Peter was even more blessed. He, on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, he is with um, the Lord when he is transfigured. And it makes a great impact on him. Later on, he says some foolish things. 
But I am reminded of a quote I found of Franz Kafka. It says, uh, Kafka said, um, Jesus is an abyss filled with light. One must close one's eyes if one is not to fall into it. And my thought to Kafka is, jump in, dude. There's nothing else better. He's, he's not a light, an abyss of light that you should avoid. Leap into it. Come to know him. Be transformed by his grace and power. We are changed by the power of God as we consider the Lord Jesus and walk with him. Let, him, let me move on about Peter. Peter presents to us a passionate heart with sincere appreciation of Christ, but like many of us, not enough appreciation for our own frailty. There are a couple things in this regard. One, Peter, although he was spent a lot of time with the Lord, the three years in the public ministry of our Lord, he was his companion, constantly with him, listening to the Lord, but he kind of formulated his own theology along the way. Not like, unlike some of us. We formulate our own theology. So the Lord said, I'm going to go to the cross and die. He says, that can't happen. Right? That's, that's sort of a theological deduction. So sometimes our own reasonings are, at, uh, they, they contradict the thought and the wisdom of God. And it's part of our learning in following Christ to acquire the humility, to humbly submit ourselves to the teaching of the Word of God and accept everything that God has said. Don't say, if it doesn't suit my logic, I will not believe it. The gospel did not, does not suit the logic of the world. The preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are called, those who are being saved, it's the power of God and the wisdom of God. So one of the things we ought to learn from Peter's mistake is really coming up with our own reasoning in regard to God's truth and God's ways. The second one uh, is much even closer to home. It said, we think, uh, I can never be that bad. I can never be that weak. I'm stronger than the other guy. I'm too good to fail. And we have this dialogue in the days before the Lord Jesus goes to the cross, Jesus said to them, You shall all fall away, because it is written, I will strike down the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead, ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, look at that. And this is very relevant to the passage we read out of John 21. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He had claimed so. Mark reports it. He said, Lord, I don't have a lot of confidence in these other guys. They might leave you, but I'm not going to leave you. They might deny you, but I won't deny you. You might feel similarly about some of your fellow students. I am more committed to Jesus than they are. All it means is that perhaps you have not been tested enough. You are not yet alive to the weakness that resides in the sin-afflicted human flesh. Although all of these guys fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you, this very night before a rooster crows twice, yourself will deny me three times. And we have 
this uh, servant girl outside the house of Caiaphas says to him, you were with Jesus? He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, weren't you with him? I don't know the man. And the third time, he in fact, in fact invokes a curse. Surely you two are one of them, even the way you talk. And Peter said, may I go to hell if what you're saying is true. He invoked a curse upon himself. He swore. That's what it means that he swore. And then the rooster crows, and the Lord Jesus looks at him, and Peter is crushed. It says he went out and wept bitterly. I don't know if there have been moments. I am sure there are moments in the life of many believers we are in a state like this. We can't believe we did that. We can't believe we let him down. We can't come to grips with the fact that I failed again despite my best resolutions. And the lesson from Peter is that you shouldn't give up. It's not the end of the story. This is not the end of the story. The gospel does not end with Peter's denial. The New Testament doesn't conclude with a Peter who denied the Lord, but one who perseveres because of the grace of God. And Jesus calls you to follow even though you know you have let him down. He calls you from a sense of, to review, from a sense of unworthiness to simply trust and follow. You, he calls you to trust him when you think the situations of life are impossible, but he calls you to trust, to believe in him. And he calls you from a sense of failure to perseverance, to continue to follow him. And that is the passage we read. The Lord is restoring Peter. He denied him three times. He gets to confess that he loves the Lord three times. Christ calls you in a call that is full of power and love and grace toward us to follow him, to hear the witness of God about him, to appreciate the glory of the Lord through your meditation of Scripture, to experience the wonder of walking with God and his victory, his power over the things that hamper you, hinder you in your own life, to burn with good and holy feeling about the living and true God who has been revealed to us in the person of Christ. And if you find yourself that you have fallen flat in failure, to still not give up, but to trust in him and continue to follow him, it is Christ's love that restored, that restored him. In fact, secular history or extra-biblical history uh, tells us that he did not die in weakness. He did not continue in the sense of fear to confess Christ. We see a different Peter in the book of Acts, transformed by the power of God through the gift of the Spirit. And if the testimony of, of church history is right, he gave his life 
He gave his life in obedience, in his love, commitment to the Savior. In fact, when they wanted to crucify him like the Lord, and he said, I don't deserve to be crucified, killed the same way he was, and he was crucified upside down, if that is true. The Lord Jesus calls you to follow him. It's a call full of love and grace and power. And if he could work with Paul, Peter, and any of the other disciples, all of them are beset with weaknesses, so can he with you. Trust him, follow him. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks for your wonderful grace to us, that you are a God who takes sinful, weak images of you that are in us, in our fallen state. And you do things through us for our good, for the good of others, and for your glory. Help us to respond to your call to follow after the Lord Jesus in sincere faith, with commitment, trusting you to accomplish what you have purpose to do in us. May your blessing be upon everyone here. May we glorify you in how we live. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Chapel Messages podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu slash partner.